Welcome to Blog Talk Radio in high fidelity. Are you ready to challenge your rhetoric? Today is Wednesday, February 21st, 2017. My name is Sherry Roberts, and you're listening to Challenging the Rhetoric. Thanks for tuning in. Tonight, Adam Gorightly, the author of Happy Trails to High Weirdness, a conspiracy theorist tour guide, and the often funny new YouTube broadcaster known as T, will be joining us to discuss conspiracy pornographers and other peddlers of fake news media, fear and hate for profit, clicks and ego strokes, an Alex Jones presidency, folks. As he says, folks, folks, everybody's a folk. <laughs> Welcome to the show. The Aurora Theater shooting was a case of MK Ultra style mind control. Sandy Hook children were never killed. They're all crisis actors. The Boston Marathon bombing and the coming collapse of the Orville Dam spillway are government false flags. And oh my God, let's not forget Pizzagate. And oh, by the way, we never did land on the moon. Everything's a conspiracy, right? Of course not. But there's a shit ton of people who want you to think so. And technology has given voice and reach to the creators and curators of realistically packaged fake news. This is bad on many fronts. None so worrisome as a President Trump, our clueless wannabe oligarch who seemingly gorges on little more than conspiracy porn a la Alex Jones, lending more credence to George Orwell's 1984 than anything thus far in U.S. history. Watch the video of any recent Trump rally and you're going to witness the modern equivalent of the rabid two-minute hate featured in Orwell's dystopian tale. War is peace, freedom is slavery, ignorance is strength. As always, we have a lot to talk about. Lots and lots to talk about. Uh, So if you'd like to participate with us during the live broadcast, you can join us in the chat room on blog talk radio forward slash Challenging the Rhetoric with Sherry Roberts, that's C-H-E-R-I. Just click on episode 50, and the chat room should load right beneath that slider. If you're already on there and you don't see it, hit refresh, and it should appear. You can also tweet to us at CTR Newsfeed. Be sure to visit the website and Facebook uh, page that's at challengingtherhetoric.news. Tonight, we are using the hashtags CTR and, you know, always CTR, (laughs) cyberbullying, social media, fake news, and resist. Remember, 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 always remember. This is a dialogue. It's not a debate. We have two guests tonight. Adam Gorightly is the author of nine books related to conspiracies, or as he calls it, Historia Discoria and T a new internet broadcaster who's turned to snark and humor to cope. Both have had their experiences in the conspiracy world. Both have also had experiences of cyberbullying. Each of them has something of value to offer on the subject of this presidency and Trump followers and their growing reach within the dynamic of social media and fake news generation. Many of today's trolls have been indoctrinated into hate since their post 9-11 births. Others were already filled with hate and racism. But they got more empowered with the internet. You know how that goes. It's a never-ending cycle. We just keep doing it over and over again. It's the perfect storm. That's what we're seeing today. Adam T., welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me on, Sherry. It's great to have you, Adam T. Are you with us? Yay. 
Yes, I, yes, I'm here. Hey, y'all. Thanks for having me, Terry. It's it's really, really good to have you, um, both of you. So let's quickly start with this. Um, let's do ladies first. T, why don't you give the listeners just a, a, a quick little brief rundown on, on who you are? Okay, well, uh, hello, everybody. I go by T on social media, or in the social media arena as it's become. I'm semi-retired, and after seeing a lot of things that have been going on online, I decided to become a proud YouTube creator and make some videos and use humor, comedy, bring some facts to the situation, and try to lighten things up a little bit, having a good time. That's about it. Well- well, you seem to be doing a good job. I know we'll talk some about like the cyber bullying a little bit into the show here, but um, you know, you, I, I have to say you are one of few people that I do often check to see if you've put something up because you make me laugh. And um, you know, there are some things that I, I agree with. There are some things I don't agree with. I don't need to agree with everybody nor them me, but sometimes I can find just humor in something. So long as that humor is not hurting anybody. Adam, can you tell the listeners a little bit about you? Yeah, I was thinking about the introduction a bit. Let me give you a little bit of uh, background. I think this context will help with uh, what we're talking about tonight. I grew up in the uh, 60s, you know, through all the craziness of that era. Uh, Vietnam, Are you a hippie? War, the protests, political, well, uh, semi-hippie. <laughs> I'm yeah. a hippie. I was, influ- I was influenced by that uh, generation, and yeah, I came to age in the... Uh, 70s and always uh, had an interest in uh, fringy type topics, you know, like uh, UFOs, paranormal, psychic phenomena, you know, a show like might be a little bit before your time, but topics covered on In Search Of with uh, Leonard Nimoy back in the day. And then also Uh had an interest in rock music and uh, the psychedelic scene and psychedelics. And I just uh, want to mention one of the key experiences. I mentioned this to you when we talked briefly. I had a uh, uh, UFO experience on LSD with a friend of mine back in this. This was in the late uh, 70s. I won't get into all the details of that, but it was kind of a pivotal experience. It got me questioning consensus reality, you know. What's really going, what's the nature of reality? What's going on that we don't see? And it got, you know, got me questioning consensus reality. And, and as time passed, I also got uh, interested in conspiracy theories. And I mentioned to you in our brief phone uh, chat in the early 80s, I saw a poster on a junior campus I was going to in beautiful Fresno, California. And it said that the CIA killed JFK. And I went, wow, I've never heard that before. And that got, that got me interested in researching, you know, the JFK assassination and CIA clandestine programs, MKUltra, all all that uh, crazy stuff that's in the conspiracy lore. And once again, I, you know, I found conspiracies and theories were a way of uh, questioning consensus reality, you know, that, that was imposed on us by whoever you want to point to the establishment, the, uh, the man. The system. <laughs> the man, big Except brother, all that, of that. Yeah, <laughs> whoever it is. And so that, that was how I got involved in conspiracy theories. And I started writing uh, in zines and magazines and published a number of books over the years. And 
because of that, I became I networked with different conspiracy researchers and uh, fans and supporters of my work. So I became part of this greater uh, conspiracy research uh, community. And so, like a lot of people, I've evolved over the years and become more critical, you know, as time passed. And uh, specifically the last uh, couple of years with everything going on, I've become uh, much more cynical, even though I was still part of that overall community, which, you know, is kind of a uh, head-scratcher in certain respects now, where if you look back, and I'm going to wind this up here, but if you look back in the uh, 90s with a re conspiracy researcher, Bill Cooper, who was a big player in the malicious scene back then, a lot of the noise started about any day we're going to have martial law and they're going to take our guns away and, you know, going back to Bill Clinton and on through. Well, yeah, George and we're going to we're going to get into Adam, we're going to we're going to kind of get into all of that as we kind of evolve throughout the next hour and a half of the show. Tonight is a longer show for those listening. Um, I'm going to do an hour and a half. Um, so I don't want to, you know, jump ahead. I want to kind of go okay. in a logical sequence because I think that there's a story that we have to tell here. Um there, there's something that's happening in this country, something that has been happening in this country for a long time. And uh, with regards to, uh, you know, the president that we have right now um, and what he consumes, and I don't mean, I'm not talking food, but I'm talking the food of his soul, the, the media of which he is absorbing into this presidency. Uh, when I say we have an Alex Jones presidency, I'm, I'm quite sincere in that. And everybody should be terribly frightened of that. Now, that being said, um, you know, they're uh, with these in, in these conspiracy worlds. I'm a conspiracy theorist. Uh, there are conspiracies that I believe there are conspiracies. I don't believe there are some conspiracies. I'm on the fence. There's plenty I don't even know about. Um, you know, we all studies, you know, very, very legit and very recent studies have shown that pretty much every single person has at least one conspiracy that they believe in. And I guarantee you, whatever that conspiracy is, there is somebody that thinks that they're, you know, a tinfoil hat nutcase for believing whatever the case may be. We should not close our minds to the fact that conspiracies happen. Conspiracies happen all the time. The Manhattan Project was uh, is, is a great example of how so many people can be unwittingly or unknowingly involved in a very grand, vast conspiracy. So these things happen. People should ask questions. People should be vigilant over their government. That is our job as citizens of this country. But when we're talking about... Um, kind of that this evolution as you mentioned adam of of how things have gone in the conspiracy thing our end result right now is president trump so let's just start without again without getting ahead and i'm going to pass it to t first let's just start and talk about what are we kind of seeing just in the last week or so you know i mean he's only been in office a month now so you know in the last week or so what what we're seeing in this trump presidency as far as not him, but as far as the people that uplift and support him, T? Oh, my goodness. Well, actually, I've seen them kind of back off a little. I've seen it's been both extremes, in my opinion, and from what I've noticed. They're either full forward, we need to, um, we need to help Trump, we need to support Trump, we need to listen to Trump, and then some have gone really quiet. And, and kind of in awe, I think, and I hope, that's my hope anyways, is to seeing what's actually going down with the Muslim ban 
and things like that, actually seeing it before their eyes, the impact of, of, of what, what all that entails. So, yeah. And Adam, for you? Well, yeah, I hope that's uh, happening. You know, a lot of people are locked in their own particular echo chambers, reality tunnels, you know. <laughs> a lot of people I know personally, I kind of live in a more conservative part of California, and a lot of people who are diehard uh, Fox News watchers, you know. This is beyond the Alex Infowars and uh, Breitbart, you know, but, you know, they take a lot of their media from these sources, so they're basically locked in that uh, echo chamber, you know, and it, the great irony, I was going to wind up what I was saying about the whole <laughs> coming to take your guns away that's been in the air for many, many years now and martial law getting laid down. Uh, we really have a uh, president uh, here that I think is a true threat in my life, the biggest threat to democracy, somebody who... Uh, has actually talked about doing these things. I mean, just uh, recently in the last uh, couple weeks, he said a few things. Send the feds <laughs> into uh, Chicago. He was considering that. Talked to the uh, president of Mexico about uh, sending troops in to deal with the cartels. And then if it's true, this latest order they were supposedly working on was uh, using National Guard to round, out, round up uh, – immigrants, all of which is truly uh, scary, and it, I, you know, it's just it's a bit uh, befuddling to me. A lot of people that I uh, know that have bought into the uh, Trump thing don't see the uh, irony in all of this, what they've been bemoaning for all these years. You know, this is, I think, the closest uh, we've come to actually getting there with these, these type of things. Martial law, I guess the uh, I differences would. are not necessarily coming <laughs> after the militia but they're coming after uh, other people immigrants and well sure i would agree adam i would agree and i think that i think most of the country agrees with that and i think that you know all obviously um there are some people that choose to be brasher and louder than others but that doesn't mean that they're the majority we already know what the majority actually is um i wanted to touch uh, on for the listeners that may or may not already know this, and if you don't, you should know this. When it comes to media, when it comes to legacy media, all media, but we're talking, you know, when Trump News is talking about fake news, he's predominantly talking about legacy media, meaning CNN, MSNBC, you know, all of that. I even said something about uh, BBC the other day. And so here's the thing that most people don't realize is that in 2004, um, Fox News had they had they had lost a case that had to do with the bovine growth hormone, an investigation that was going to be for a new segment of their show. And there was whistleblowers from the Fox station. And in 2004, after they had appealed their loss, they actually won their appeal. And the the way that the, the appeal reads, because of things that are not written uh, very well in some of the FTC stuff and and whatnot when it comes to what can be going out and stuff across the air from media, what the responsibility is. But the media can legally lie. They have zero uh, uh, legal responsibility 
to tell the truth. And um, if, if you have not heard that before, please do a Google search and, and just of the term media can legally lie uh, or just go over to projectcensored.org. They're longtime friends of mine. They are great watchdogs on, uh, you know, stories that are either underreported or not reported at all upon that have, you know, great significance to American people and the world in general. And they put out a book every year. So definitely do a Google search of the media can legal lie, legally lie. That's that's a fact that I mean, now, ethically, should they? No, there's these things that you used to have to do in the media called ascertainments, where you would actually have to be involved in the community and the the political end of things and know what the needs were in your community and and really be you know something for your community there's very little real news now everything is more infotainment and so we end up coming to this and i think for me and i think it's really important for for everybody to like take a big collective breath when it comes to president trump i think that he is going to bury himself. I think that the concern that is the gravest concern to us as, you know, as citizens around the country is the people that put Trump in office, those that are supporting him, the the Milos of the wor world and and stuff like that. We see a lot of them all over social media. We, you know, not all of these are Russian hackers. You know, there, there's real people that have real problems out there. So um, when we're talking about people like Alex Jones having the president's ear in any capacity, as I said, that's quite frightening. T, let's talk about just some conspiracies in general. Now, as I as I, as I was leading into bringing you on, as I opened the show, I rang off several things that that there's a huge community of people, particularly in YouTube land, that uh, which is more your world, uh, that you know believe in some you know like Sandy Hook for example that you know these kids were never killed that they're crisis actors i mean they're actually badgering these you know people and and i mean even people have gotten charged with things for badgering people and the things that they've done so when you're out there just in youtube and you're surfing around just looking around you know outside of you know the bubble of your own your own you know youtube community but just surfing through youtube and stuff some of the crazy things that you're seeing I know there's, you know, a lot of flat earther stuff. There's, you know, just I can keep going on and on and on. What's like the craziest things that you've seen just in the last couple of weeks that people are passing off as legitimate fake stuff? Aside from Pizzagate, we're going to get into Pizzagate in a few minutes. <laughs> oh, well, <laughs> it's something new. YouTube, yeah, it's something new like every every minute. I think the latest thing I saw was um, Satan is hovering over um oh it slipped my mind the dam that's breaking is it orville oroville if i say it correctly yeah, california the, yeah yeah the, satan is hovering over uh that uh <laughs> i just saw that just recently like within the last hour uh yeah and mostly it's the pizza gate it's it because they want the clicks so once they find something it seems they kind of stick with those stories. Um, so, yeah, it, but yeah, it, it's always going to be a little variation of something or other. Yeah, that's usually how it is. What's what's like the biggest conspiracy you're seeing out there that you think is just, you know, pure BS, Adam? <laughs> like current ones. Oh, oh God. <laughs> I've got to the point where I started tuning out a lot of that uh stuff you know there's just so much nonsense uh going on it's laughable uh 
re- recently, semi-recently, God, a lot of it comes from uh, Alex Jones. I love the one about, uh, and this goes back. Uh, pardon me, Adam. I don't, Adam, yeah. I don't mean to interrupt, but um, the, some listeners asked if you can speak a little bit louder. Okay. One one that I thought was rather uh, humorous that I, I, people took this one seriously, too, and this is going back a month or two ago, had to do with uh, during the debate when the fly was buzzing around uh, Hillary and it landed on her, that was a sign that she was a demon, then uh, people started uh, pulling out video footage that showed a fly on Obama. That was one of my favorites recently. So ridiculous. But, uh, you know, I thought long been a connoisseur of a connoisseur of conspiracy theories, but there's been this, so much nonsense here, especially related to, you know, the uh, election, all the uh, conspiracies that were used as political propaganda. That after a while, it's just overload. And, you know, I've started to tune out a lot of this stuff. I don't pay as much attention as I used to. Yeah, that's that's uh, I get people, you know, up my ass all the time because they're like, oh, you don't know this or you don't know that. And it's like, you know, I do know a lot of things. But in order for me to cover things in, um, you know, uh, at least a relatively thorough way, I need to be able to focus on them and not be scattered. Um, and, and again, no offense to you. I mean, you've heard my show a few times. I harp on YouTube all the time. I'm not down on every YouTuber, but YouTube, you know, is kind of uh, notorious for a lot of scattered people who jump on tangents from here to there, including on, you know, and, and within the, the timeline of a show. Uh, but it's like there's never any actual real investigation. So let's talk about that. So let's talk about conspiracies and fake news in that sense. Let's talk about how um, social media it has has impacted that. And let's 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 remind everybody that we did not have social media, social media, Facebook, Twitter. We did not have that um, when 9-11 was here. We, we you know, we did, as a matter of fact, it, we just barely had email. <laughs> so right on the heels of 9-11 happening, this tragedy that, that happened to us, uh, whatever you believe happened that day makes no difference in the sense of that we have all, uh, so, you know, we have all. We all have some sort of PTSD from what happened because of how we all experienced it. You didn't need to be in New York to experience it on a very profound and personal level. And so I respect people's feelings on, on, on those sorts of things. However, it has created this dynamic because you got a lot of pissed off people and you had kind of two factions there. You had a lot of people that were, you know, the, the Toby Keith's out there, you know, the, the red, white, and blue, kill them all. Let's go bomb this country and that country. And, and those is a lot of what we're, we've seen rise up. But what people keep missing when they're talking about this patriot movement and the militias and the Tea Party and all that is where a lot of this angst came from. And that was 9-11. It was during the Bush years. And there are so many people on the left that are equally a part of this very movement that we have seen rise up the common denominator between them all is they're pissed off at the government for one reason or another do they have legitimate beefs and bitches some are they all no a lot of it is more this conspiracy porn we saw a lot of that with the Oregon standoff and Bundy Ranch and the the Scousen uh, Constitution and and all of that kind of crapola so T let's talk about the creation of fake news you see it all the time on YouTube 
You you do not profess. You oh. do not go out there. Let me let me let me tell this to the listeners, okay? To T's credit, she does not present her show in any way as a news show or that she's actually a reporter or a journalist. She is there doing her thing as to, as a YouTube broadcaster for her own personal reasons. Okay, go ahead. Yes. Um oh my goodness, on YouTube, YouTube can be such a great thing. I love YouTube. And you know what? I kind of enjoy conspiracy theories. It was it's kind of reminds me of when, when I was younger and my grandma would tell you tell me a, a nighttime story of some scary guy, you know, lost his arm or some campfire type, you know, boogeyman. They can be fun. But yeah, it's the buying into it that uh that's the scary part. So yes, the fake news. The fake news on YouTube has become such it's become dangerous because they believe it, number one. They're not just saying it like a grandma would tell a scary story. They're believing it, and they, it, it, in my opinion, it comes across, it's like an addiction where they can all, you know, converse because there's a live chat and, and comments and all of these things where these people, then they, you know, they find each other. Then we have a whole group, and they're all believing what they're saying, but, but then... We'll get to the bullying. I'll wait until till you decide to bring that up. But anybody who doesn't believe it or says, "Well, where where did you hear this?" They, you know, then it then there's a problem. But yes, the fake news, a lot of it is um, coming. The topics are political, from what I've noticed. They're they're usually political, um, and run with the Trump agenda, because I don't want to say the far right agenda or the right agenda it's more of a trump agenda um which is the islamophobia and the um you know and then of course the you know the attacks that adam had just mentioned on on obama oh look a fly landed on his face and oh hillary has a body double um you know things like that but they they actually believe these things and no sources. That's what drives me absolutely crazy with YouTube is it's like there's a description box. Where are you getting this story from? They're just all of a sudden it's something is mentioned and they're off and running with it. And before you know it, we have a meteor that's ready to hit the earth and um, martial law is going to go into effect and, and uh, Jade Helm on and on. It, it, it's crazy on YouTube. It, it, yeah. But it's yeah, presented was... as real news. So that's the problem. Right. Yeah. Well, there there was a group of YouTubers that um, like flipped out over the whole uh, the the Jamie Spears Aldazabal credit card scam merchant account story that I did. Um, they they thought they suddenly had a story, you know, blah blah blah. They they had nothing. They had no information. There was no investigation out of them. I mean, it was just it was kind of crazy. And um, you know, uh, somebody that we both know on YouTube is is pretty much out of their mind over it. And it's it's very ridiculous to watch them. I told them long ago, I was always going to be watching what they're doing and I'm always going to be challenging their rhetoric. They had pledged that they wanted to be better, that they wanted to actually learn journalism, actually, you know, 
report on something and not regurgitate. And they've really have not changed. They have continued down that path. And it's, it's really sad because people have an opportunity. That's the great thing that one of the only real great things that, you know, about the internet is that we have an opportunity to have a platform. We didn't have that before, but we don't use things for good. We tend to use things for bad. And it's, it's a pretty sad uh, state of affairs. Um, when it comes to creation of fake news, one of the things that I don't think that a lot of people understand is that it's twofold. You have those that create it, and then you have those that curate it. And those are the people that see a headline or something that somebody they know or they admire share and, you know, they don't even read it. I can't tell you how many times people will comment on a link to some article that I've posted, whether mine or someone else's, and their comment is based on the headline. They've not read the article. They look like an idiot by their comment alone. It's obvious they haven't read the article. And I'm sorry, I took the time to write the article or some other journalist took the time to write that article. And I don't think that people have much of a um, you know, standing to opine on something that they have no idea what the contents are. And that that's really the problem with Trump. Here's here's how I see things. And uh, and and this 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 evolves, too. So, you know, I mean, you can try to hold me to what I'm saying right now on it and I might change my mind tomorrow or next week. But right now, what I kind of feel with Trump is that. It is. You, you were talking about, uh, you know, his kind of his platform T and, you know, his this is how he's doing things and these are what he wants and stuff like that. I think that Trump doesn't know what his agenda is or or didn't for some time. I think that it is these people and people like Alex Jones that are creating Trump's agenda. I think that that process has been happening for several years. And he, just like all the many people that all three of us know, and many of the listeners, if not all of the listeners have encountered, especially in the last couple of years, that he too has drank this crazy, crazy Kool-Aid and swallowed it. Now, I had been just as bad as these as these people, you know, uh, several years ago. And and I, I completely understand how it happens. What I'm struggling with and what I'm hoping that you guys can make suggestions to from your perspectives on the Internet with what each of you do, how do I identify? And then I'll add my two cents at the end and we'll start. We'll go to Adam first and then back to T on that. So um, how how do you go about verifying vetting out something that you see that sounds like, oh, this is interesting. You know, I mean, I think it's very dangerous for people to claim that something's not true because they don't like what it says. I think that if it's of national significance and it's not like, you know, shape-shifting reptilians, that it's worthy of, you know, at least five seconds, five minutes of your time to check it out. So Adam, what do you do? How do you figure out what's real and what's not? Well, this, you know, this whole fake news uh, term's getting a bit overused now, you know, because uh, <laughs> the people creating fake news are calling uh, more legitimate news fake news, and it goes around and round and round. But uh, this came into, uh, really started coming into focus the last couple of years for me, you know, the, all the uh, YouTube and uh, all these quote-unquote uh, fake news uh, websites, these clickbait uh, things full of uh, garbage that repeat, uh, you know, these different stories. But it uh, one way it came into uh, focus, and I'm, I'm 
I'll answer, I'm answering your question in a roundabout way. It had to do with the Mollier uh, takeover. And I was interacting uh, with folks who were supportive of the cause, you know, and I wasn't, I, you know. And so they were sharing different stuff to me, and I'd, I'd analyze and point out inconsistencies and stuff to them. And sometimes I got through, you know, that they said, yeah, okay, I'll back off that one a little bit. But one uh, prime example was uh, a video that was uh, shared having to do with the takeover, and it was a Pete Santilli video, and I didn't know who Santilli was at this time, but the video uh, said, uh, and it, you know how you uh, title a video, that's one of the things that happens quite a bit. The uh, title of the video doesn't really relate to the video, and people don't even watch the whole video sometimes. But this one had to do with, remember the deal about the fire chief comes out, and he but he's busted some uh, FBI guys pretending to be uh, uh, militia. That, that was the title. And if you watch the video, the uh, ex-fire chief, who wasn't actually fire chief anymore, but that's another story. If you watch that, he never said anything about how uh, the FBI was uh, masquerading as militia. That was the first thing wrong <laughs> with the video, and there was a lot more, but that got picked up by different websites on the Internet. Uh, a lot of the ones I'm sure you've seen, uh, the classics, what's it called, freethought.com. Freethought Project. Yeah, that's a good one. And so that story got passed around, and uh, the story itself was flawed. The police, the ex-fire chief, actually came out and said, I, I never <laughs> said they were the FBI was pretending to be militia, but other people picked this up, uh, Michelle Fiore, for one. And then I started seeing the same story. I mean, people just uh, cut and pasted it on these different websites because I saw the same spelling errors. Uh, they didn't spell fire marshal wrong. So, you know, that, that that's one way of when you're looking at these different sites and stuff. First of all, where's it coming from? Is there a legitimate name uh, reporting this? Sometimes you even need to check on the name because, you know, there's made-up uh, names. But, uh, you know, that that was one particular story that got uh, passed around. I started seeing, you know, the same method used during the uh, campaign. I'll cite one more briefly. Was a uh, story a friend on Facebook had uh, shared, and she said this proves the conspiracy. You know, and the uh, theme behind the story was that a NATO alliance with Hillary had conspired to kill Muammar Gaddafi uh, because he was going to introduce some gold-backed currency. And these uh, emails prove it. They were WikiLeak emails. And so I looked at the story, you know, and it was sketchy, and it didn't actually uh, provide the email itself, you know. And so I started questioning my friend, well, <laughs> where's the source? What's, what's he basing this on? And my friend said, oh, i got to do everything for you. And she did a quick search and found some, uh, you know, put in a few keywords there, gold and Gaddafi. And she goes, here you go. And so I went through the links. And I said, none of those <laughs> relate uh, to the story itself. And uh, anyway, so, you know, there, there's a lot of that uh, that uh, goes around. This Once again, this is one of these stories that uh, continue to make the uh, – 
rounds of the internet, other websites, Veterans uh, Today, that's a good one. They uh, picked this up, but, you know, there's really no basis on it. It was uh, speculation, and it was using what a lot of people have pointed to was that the WikiLeaks hack, those emails were used. They were, this is what Obama said, if you, that they were uh, weaponized. They were uh, <laughs> shiny objects that were uh, weaponized. But really, if you go through the emails, there weren't much there except for uh, people think there's all kinds of stuff in them related to Pizzagate. Yeah. Um, so we're going to talk about Pizzagate in a minute. Uh, I, I'm going to have T kind of respond to the same question, and then I want to throw my two cents in. T, when now again, you do not, you do not present yourself as news. You do not present yourself as a reporter or a journalist. I do know that that's something that you are interested in learning. Um, but even when you're out there trying to discern one thing from another, because it's easy to see something and feel something about what we see or read or whatever. And, and then, you know, taking those feelings and then putting them in a proper context. So what if for other people that are on YouTube and when they're going through things on YouTube, what tips can you give listeners in discerning what's real or not without poo-pooing you know we again we don't want people to just say oh that's not happening or oh no that's not real i mean unless it's something just so obviously ridiculous but again there are a lot of things that happen that sound too crazy to be true and sometimes they are truth is uh sometimes stranger than fiction t what what suggestions do you have for people on youtube well, first, did, did, do they give a source? Um, where did they get this information from? Do they state for a fact? Because lots of times they'll just come right out and say, I heard this, I saw this. They don't say, I read this. This is where I found this. This was on the news. They just kind of say, I heard it. And I don't even think they remember where they heard it. So that would be my first clue. Um, secondly, is there hate involved? It, does it come from a, a bigotry uh, angle, let's call it? Because that's another whole arena right there. I don't, you know, I am Muslim. I'm, you know, oh my gosh. The things mm -hmm. that I get are, are just, are. I mean, they just don't make sense. We all have, well, I shouldn't say we all, but most of us hopefully have encountered a Muslim, <laughs> um, and maybe we don't even know we have really, I mean, they, the things, it just, just doesn't even make sense. What, does that even make sense that we go, that we're plotting some big takeover and we want to change the law and everything else? And um, it doesn't make sense is where I was going with that. And, and is there hate involved? Is there a source? And does it make sense? Does it even make sense? A lot of these people are saying things that just don't make sense. One was a, they said, they saw a video of a busload of illegals who were uh, of Mexican descent or from Mexico. And they, they came, they bust them right in and they went straight and got all got papers. And that does sort of make sense because if they're immigrant workers, that's how it works. They get their papers and everything, and they go do their work here. That's how that works. But instead, it was twisted. So it's like sometimes there's a little bit of truth twisted in there. But again, it wasn't. It just said, "I saw this video on Facebook." Well, where did you see it? Well, who posted it? You know, where where did it come from? They just never say. I just heard it. I saw it, and that's it. And then it's a whole hour, two hours, sometimes five hours of rant. Mm 
It, it is. It's exactly. Um, Pete Santilli from YouTube, who is sitting in a Las Vegas jail right now, um, awaiting his trial for the 2014 Bundy Ranch standoff. You know, I had been on his show almost three years ago and he on mine. And I can't believe my show has been around that long. This particular show, I've had others. But anyways, he, um, you know, I mean, it's like he. I told him on the show that, and I don't have the clip handy anymore, but it's somewhere. I'll play it one of these days again. But I told him on the show and he like just freaked out. And like, he was telling everybody, this is what he's going to do. And this is what everybody else needs to do. But, you know, it's all about confirmation bias. So these people that do not understand even the basics of journalism and research um, and, and what reporting means, they, think that they have this that and the other and and because they're only looking for things to prove themselves right and as i told santilli that we should first seek to prove ourselves wrong and in trying to prove ourselves wrong then we are going to find something somewhere in the middle that's much more closer to the truth with regards to um fake news and stuff like that i'm going to use a, a current example of something that has transpired over the last 24 hours or, or so um, of how technology is participating in other ways in fake news photoshop has been around for a long time it gets better and better and people's skills with it get better and better as well as the technology that we're using to create it the computers and the processors and stuff that we use um, recently, David Fry from the Oregon standoff, the last man out, who I have been incredibly kind to in all my years worth of coverage of that event, um, he created a video and he, you know, was doing all this, you know, all kinds of stuff happened. But the point of, of it is that this initial video that he had created yesterday had um, a photoshopped, he says, Facebook post um, that he says that I put out there and I don't have it in front of me, but it says something to the effect of that. Like I, I hate Muslims and I, they're pedophiles or something. And that I burned my Quran, um, or something to that effect. Well, the irony here is obviously David Fry doesn't know me. Um, David Fry didn't try to learn anything about me. He created a video specifically in his own words because he said he posted this on middle eastern sites and it's got you know the target on my head and a you know shoot with the bullet hole and all that and which is a real threat i mean he had the sheriffs uh come and see him um about 2 1 o'clock this morning his time uh but and the and that video is gone but the point of that is is that that fake photoshop post that he made now people are getting savvier in doing that now in his case when you blow up his post you can see all the artifacts you can see it's photoshopped you can see it's not real but most of these people that follow people like him and follow news like the fake news and follow people like Alex Jones and support people like Donald Trump. They don't look, they wouldn't even know what to look for. They don't care to, of what to look for. What's extremely scary about that is that there is new software now, and this is, this is no conspiracy theory. This is legit. Um, I mean, the technology and AI where we're going is very, very rapid folks. And if you're not paying attention and you think that it's somewhere far down the line, you couldn't be more wrong. There is new technology now that has been reported on on legacy media in the last month or so, and they can now, and this is going to be available to anybody. I mean, pretty soon it's going to be open source. I'm sure somebody's going to put it out there or they'll have it up on some torrent or something, but it's software where you can take a video of somebody, whether it's the president or um, a child or me or whatever, and you can take their video 
And basically it doesn't matter what they're saying. You can remove that audio. You can speak into the software for them to say anything. And the video itself will actually make their facial expressions speak those words as well. So it looks very, very real. And it's new software. So we know a year from now, two years from now, it'll look even more real. Now, when someone like David Fry, who his, you know, IT skills are not quite what many people try to convey them to be during the Oregon standoff, um, you know, did a really shoddy job of what he had produced. There are other people that that do produce very uh, convincing forgeries of documents um, and social media activity and stuff like that, that, you know, people how soon we're not going to be able to fight that very well. And that really, really starts about now about what we're experiencing. And again, you know, Trump as the president, he doesn't have as much power in a sense. Okay. That a lot of people, including myself initially was putting the mind space towards it. Isn't him so much as these people that are uplifting him, those people that are, you know, providing his two minute hates at his rallies. He's done campaigning. Why is he rallying? You know, and it's to keep that fervor. We saw George, W. Bush do this after 9-11. Okay. And I'm telling you, I'm missing the neocons about right now. And I never thought I would say that when I'm agreeing with people like Bill Crystal on Twitter, that's scary, <laughs> you know, and no, I don't want the Bush administration back. I don't want the neocons back. And I'm not even a liberal, but here's the most asinine thing about Fry's, uh, you know, attempt to not only Photoshop this and say I burned a Quran and all that is that people that have listened to me for a while already know this. My family is immigrants. My family came from Syria. And although I'm not Muslim, I was baptized Christian at three months. I was born in this country, as was my father. But my grandparents did come over here and go through Ellis Island. I wrote about it a couple of years ago, and you can find that on SherrySpeak.com. But, um, you know, I'm very uh, familiar with the Muslim faith. And I, just like any other religion, there are things I have problems with. And that's the problem. We need to understand that there is always going to be something that we're going to have a problem with, with every person, with every thought, with every feeling, with every blah, fucking blah. And so we need to get over that. And what we need to do is we need to stop having all this angst and distraction over every little thing that President Trump does. Let the big people handle that. Rally when you're called to rally. Follow through with what you're going to say you're going to do. But we need to address these people that created that monster. You want to say something to that, Adam? <laughs> uh, when you... I agree uh, totally, uh, you know, with uh, tr that Trump's a stooge, really. He's, uh, you know, kind of an empty vessel that uh, this was, you know, he gets filled up with bullshit he spouts and it's kind of tapped into that zeitgeist <laughs> where he reached a uh, certain audience. Um, what was the question exactly? You said a lot there. <laughs> Well, you know, I mean, just with anything with regards to um, how technology itself, with re not just the social media, but the ability to mm -hmm. Photoshop in such a way that people can now, with the ability of, you know, technology and as, as it's growing and stuff, what is it, yeah. how are we going to be able to address this stuff? Pretty soon, somebody's going to be able to make even Donald Trump say like, hey, I'm getting ready to push the red button, people, and it's going to look real. Well, it's scary. It makes you want to... Uh go back to being a Luddite, uh, doesn't it? And we, it's hard to keep up with, you know? Uh, how do you stay ahead of the curve? You're constantly behind this, uh, the eight ball, it seems like, especially the whole 
cybersecurity issue, you know, uh, it's been a concern of mine for a while, you know, before all this nonsense that uh, looks like went down with the election, you know, previous years with like the Sony hack and uh, like China two years ago hacked into uh, OPM, you know, government database for uh, hundreds of thousands of employees, you know, where, where are we at with this? It uh, seems like we can never get ahead of that. So you do need to, I would say, just from the perspective of, and I've become more diligent and vigilant and aware of this, we need to take uh, measures to protect ourselves on the web. However, you're going to do that with uh, encryption, using uh, browsers that uh, will protect you and these uh, type of things. I think, you know, there's some self-education all of us need to do and uh, stay informed and, uh, you know, follow EFF and other groups like this that are trying to uh, protect our uh, security and freedom on the web to be able to keep using it. For sure. T, I'm going to bounce over to you in just a minute. I just want the listeners to know uh, if you're listening and you would like to participate in the live chat room, please go to blogtalkradio.com forward slash uh, challenging the rhetoric with Sherry Roberts. That's spelled C-H-E-R-I. And the chat room should load right underneath that slider there. You can also follow me on C- at CTR Newsfeed um, on Twitter or hit me up on the website or the Facebook page at challengingtherhetoric.news. So, Adam, uh, I mean, so T, uh, and also, I'm sorry, for the listeners, uh, the show is not getting ready to end in just a few minutes. We are going to go uh, until the bottom of this coming hour. So uh, it'll be 7.30 is the end of the show, 7.30 Pacific. That would be um, much later for all you there on the East Coast. Anyways, uh, T, so what what are you, um, you know, how do, how do you feel about this technology? I mean, you work with technology when you're using, you know, social media and doing the things that you're doing with videos. And, um, and you get pretty involved in some of the videos that you create. But can you imagine in the YouTube world when uh, these people have their hands on the software where they can actually manipulate the words that people are saying and make it look so real? Well, first I'd like to backtrack uh, in the question as far as discerning fake news and conspiracies, how to, how to tell. I forgot to mention a few things. Um, votes, you know, any kind of power or money involved. Uh, as There's a few patriots running around selling survival kits. There's a lot of them actually, whatever. Um, and God. Prayers, 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 pray, 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 and, 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 and whatnot. Had to get that in there. Now, uh, to your current question with the social media going forward, it's very strange because I don't know if y'all talk to the younger folks, but they think it's a joke. Like, they don't really take a whole lot of social media. The, the younger folks that I know, when I say younger, I'm talking about early 20s. Uh, they kind of laugh about it. It's just, it's just for fun for them. I don't see a lot of younger people really getting that involved. They're involved, of course, uh, with politics on issues, but I don't see a lot of them saying, "I heard this specifically," or or certain conspiracies. Uh, it, it gives me a little bit of hope. So going forward, I'm hoping we see see some good things. Uh, but yeah, there's always going to be this this fear mongering. The fear mongering is not going to go away. That is kind of a scary thought. Um, 
as to what you know what some of these people and how how available is would be my question is it going to be to these <laughs> everyday youtubers because there's some pretty nasty stuff that that does go on in in the youtube arena it goes on and you know throughout social media so that's kind of scary yeah because there there are some folks that do they're just really gullible and, and there again comes the money you know, get that wallet open. It seems like there's always an agenda. But then again, there are some people who are just out to harm other people uh, for whatever reason. So it'll be yeah, interesting to see what of, comes out. Certainly. I think there's yeah. a lot of psychological issues. And there's the, you know, the, the fraction like you're talking about that, you know, it's about greed and money and, you know, creating clickbait for, you know, you know, cost per click and whatever, you know, but on on the other end of that we have you know people that are simply creating stuff because they have a platform and they don't think they're doing anything wrong and one of the things that i ask people all the time because i don't know that uh, a lot of people realize this but i i teach citizen journalism i have boot camps for bloggers and i teach people how to create a real entity and do things with integrity and get a real um accredited or not accredited but uh, uh, that's the wrong word but recognized is the word I'm looking for um press pass and um how to do an investigation do I make mistakes of course I make mistakes I'm human everybody makes mistakes but I have had a lot of training I have learned a lot of things I've paid a lot of dues and it's a matter of doing you know things in a certain way so when I I, I always ask people why are you putting it out there because that seems to be, especially on YouTube and, and social media, not as much on blogs that I see, except for, you know, some, I mean, it's still out there prolifically on blogs. Don't get me wrong, but it seems to really come across a lot in YouTube and, and, and Facebook. And that is, oh, I'm just putting it out there. You know, people will, you know, whether it's a video or, or something that they write or, or something they like, oh, I'm just putting it out there. Well, why? Why are you putting it out there? And usually the answer is, oh, well, so people can see it and they can, you know, if they want to investigate it or they can make up their own mind. Hmm. Okay. Well, I think that that's pretty irresponsible because if you're just putting something out there for the mere fact of putting something out there, then chances are you're just putting something out there so that you can create some sort of activity, meaning clicks. There's not a purpose for it. You should have a a, a purpose for what you're putting out there. Everything has a beginning and a middle and an end. And if it doesn't, then you're not doing anything. You're not being productive in anything. So it's just like, you know, when you're doing T, when you're doing a, a video, um, even though it's not news and you're doing a video on something, it still has a beginning, middle and an end. Um, and, it, you know, you have some sort of structure and purpose in what you're doing. Too many people are out there doing things merely to hurt other people. And, you have to, and this is where we get into the cyberbullying aspect of it, but you have to also realize, and I think this is one of the things that I kind of became notorious for during the past year with regards to my reporting on the Oregon standoff was that I have a genuine heart. I do care about people, including all these people that, that participated in this and might lose their actual freedoms uh, indefinitely. Um, you know, I do care about the mentality behind it, how it happened, uh, what reaching out, trying to understand if we are only replying to people, okay, if we're only listening to reply or watching to reply or visiting somewhere to reply, i.e. comment, 
then we are not doing anything to understand. And there are many people that I don't particularly like, or I don't like things that they have done, but I have been very open to understanding because that's what's been lost with technology where humanity has completely lost its footing and you know inhumanity has taken solid root the 140 characters or less and and all this snark and way in the way in which we speak to each other and 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 deliver punches to each other in social media is um it's dramatically different than how most people interact in any kind of a face-to-face public setting and not to sound cliche because, you know, people say that all the time, but it really is true. Now, that being said, 10 years ago, we still had that, but we do not have it. And it's, it's just purely ugly now because there are a huge faction of those people who do that online that will now do it to your face that we, we saw people, you know, in the Oregon standoff, they don't care anymore and caring about why they're so upset, what they're mad about, no matter how irrational it is, we cannot come up with solutions unless we actually understand where the problem's coming from. That's kind of how I believe it. So let's jump into cyberbullying because that is the other component of this. And to be clear, I do not condone cyberbullying and I want to take a moment and I'm going to say the, the guy's name wrong. I don't know if it's Milo or Milo, um, the Yiannopoulos, the, he, he was with Breitbart. He just resigned. He is the guy that was on Joe Rogan's show and was basically, uh, in the way that he presented and, 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 and the things that he said with, with no edit on Joe Rogan's uh, show in its entirety. Um, he was very clear. He was advocating for pedophilia. He was saying that sometimes it helps, you know, sometimes it's nice to have someone like that. And to be honest with you, I don't think that he believes that. I think that was his way because I myself is a, am, a, am a victim of childhood sexual abuse. I understand how abuse syndromes are. And I think that he was dazzled by Joe Rogan. I think he was turned on and thought Joe Rogan was hot. And I think in his messed up mind, that was his way of creating an intimate conversation with Joe Rogan. He was completely uh, wrong. He should never say something like that. No one should ever advocate for pedophilia. And you really want to piss me off. That's just somewhere you probably don't want to go. <laughs> uh, but so cyberbullying, it comes in lots of ways from revenge porn to you know, just being nasty to somebody or creating coordinated attacks with groups of people, gang stalking, doxing, all of that. Adam, what ha- what kind of experiences have you had with cyberbullying? And have you ever been accused of cyberbullying someone? Now, how, did, how did you know that I'd been cyberbullied before? <laughs> <laughs> well, you can't write about, talk about what you do without it. Right, exactly. Yeah, I've been hassled trolled before i don't i haven't really engaged in screwing with uh people like that uh you know uh internet's evolved it was message boards you know and yeah i did in the past i'd get a little uh snarky back in the day but uh you know as this thing has evolved i've tried to be more even-handed uh with people, and I've, I've also disengaged to a certain extent, and I need. I, I think uh, we need to do that as well. Be able to uh, step aside. I kind of quit uh, Facebook for a while or for good because it was just occupying too much of my time, and there was uh, too much noise. But yeah, I have been trolled uh, 
before, and uh, I mean, it's a slippery slope how you deal with that. I know you're going to talk about it a little bit, some activism you've done. Uh, a lot of times, uh, you know, the uh, cyber bullies or trolls are just looking for a reaction, you know, so the more you engage <laughs> and interact with them, the more it escalates. So recently, you know, there's probably been four to six over the last few years, uh, that have uh, screwed with me, and I eventually I just block uh, people, whether it's through Twitter, Facebook, uh, emails, and uh, tune them out. Some are pretty relentless, and uh, there's there's one fellow that I still hear from every six months or a year. It's like, <laughs> and it's the strange <laughs> thing is I didn't really do anything. This one individual in particular, this was on uh, Facebook, and he he had a, a tendency to talk smack about uh, people, and he posted a very negative story about a friend of mine that there might have been some half-truths there or whatever, and it was very mean-spirited, so I just unfriended this person. I got tired. You know, it becomes a toxic environment. I just got tired of seeing his uh, crap, and he found out I had unfriended him and it was an outrage and that was like three or four years ago and he still is uh pissed off at me so there's some uh people that are emotionally uh psychologically have some uh issues and you need to be careful on the internet i wanted to mention real briefly about yeah unstable people and what fake news does to them and Pizzagate in particular, it was Alex Jones' comments where he was saying, well, maybe I'll go there to Comet Pizza and check that out, which uh, stoked up that one guy who went out there with an assault rifle and uh, went into Comet uh, Pizza. So, you know, that's one of the uh, dangers of these uh, bogus stories, putting this stuff out there. Recently, uh, yeah. Alex has backed off. He was on Joe Rogan. He said, oh, no, well, no, the Comet Pizza, Pizzagate's real, but not Comet pizza because I heard he got a little call from the FBI and afterwards mm -hmm. he removed that, that uh, video where he had uh, talked about uh, Comet Pizza and going there to investigate it. Yeah, you know, it's just like a Jared Amanda uh, over the Bundy Ranch thing. I mean, we see this stuff all the time. Um, and, and what is crazy, what is absolutely crazy about this, and as we go into cyberbullying and tea, I'm going to bounce it to you. But what's really crazy is like, for instance, with regards to the Oregon standoff and Bundy Ranch people, all the people that were involved with that, the militias and the patriot movement, there is someone that was recently arrested a couple of days ago named Israel Torres that's tied to them and, um, you know, fancies himself, you know, militia, the 3%, you know, member leader and all of that, one of the three percenters militia group. And he was just arrested he, for uh, felon in possession of a firearm. He has uh, two former felonies and, um, you know, time after time after time, every investigation I did, these people had a lot of things going on. I mean, Al Hines convicted of child rape, and I think it was 99 or 91 or something like that. It's on, you know, Challenging the Rhetoric Doc News. It's there. We have the Jamie Spears Aldazabal, you know, multi-million dollar alleged credit card scam. Um, you know, we have all of these things. And, you know, people do things wrong. You know, people make mistakes. You know, I, I get that. I've made plenty of mistakes in my life. But this weird lockstep thing, this thing that happens, these people 
that are doing this. These people that support Trump now, whether they voted for him or not, these people that are part of the cyberbullying that we're going to continue to talk about, these are the very people that used to march side by side with me, okay, that that said, oh, this is going to happen. Oh, we don't want locksteppers. Oh, we don't this, that, and the other. Well, guess what, motherfuckers? Excuse my language, but that's what you put in the White House, and that is what you're doing now. You are the very epitome of a self-fulfilling prophecy. T, let's talk about some of the cyberbullying that you have experienced as well as some of that you have seen out there. Okay, well, since you brought up Israel Torres, I would just like to say that one of my inspirations for learning how to make videos, which I taught myself, and you know all of the technology and everything else involved, which can get quite technical, was Saad Kuza Solomon, who's been on the Pete Santilli show, who's in there with a John Ritzheimer, Blaine Cooper, the whole Oregon standoff, Bundy Ranch, cult ordeal. It is a cult. He made a video, yes. He had made a video once. First, he was uh, trashing Mexicans. Then he came back out the next day and did a video and said, but I want to make sure and make clear that Israel Torres is a good guy. And here we are today with what's happening with Israel Torres. Now, that's just one of many. Um, they do. They do have a tendency. They're, in my opinion, they're radicalized because they're doing things, they're acting out in ways. It seems like it's constantly being ramped up a little bit ramped up a little bit more and a little bit more, and they actually believe, and I'm going to say this, the same as ISIS. ISIS doesn't come out and say, I'm ISIS, and I'm just, I just like to kill people or whatever. No, they're doing it for God and country and religion. Yeah, I said God. So it seems to be the same mindset. And yes, they do have an agenda, and with the cyberbullying, it's as if they are, it always comes as if they're saving, they're doing it for their country. Again, for God and country. I don't know how else to, to word this because there's one man on YouTube who during the Oregon standoff didn't like what other people were saying that didn't fit the Oregon standoff agenda, Bundy Ranch cult agenda. He was making a list. He made a video and he said, I'm making a list with everybody that says anything. So I hope I'm not getting off track here, but it it no, it not. is um okay. It's very it's very strange because okay, we're dealing with social media. There's an off button. There's an off button. There's a you know you can go to another page. You can go to another uh, whatever. Go play a game. Whatever. There's, what what isn't there on social media that you can do other than argue with somebody? But it's like they are doing it to save their country, and for God, of course. And usually there's money involved somehow to, to, <laughs> yeah. for, those, for those two agendas, you know, because they, they need money to get to where, what they're doing or whatever. And it's gotten so out of control that these people, are they're brainwashed. And when they go into this cyberbully mode, what I've noticed is, what I'd like to ask them is what do you what did you hope to achieve by doing what you just did? Because I've had some of the nastiest 
things done to me. But what did they hope to achieve? That's why I became a YouTube creator. That's why I like YouTube. Because I, I'm not going to crawl under a rock. Okay, a, a lot of Muslims do that, and it's, it is a turn the other cheek as Christians are supposed to do or whatever, if there's a supposed to do in any religion. I don't know these days. <laughs> but not me. They messed with the wrong person. I don't know what they hope to achieve. I think they hope to hurt somebody as to where they're going to go sulk and cry somewhere. Or, or did they expect me to say, by golly, they're right, and their ideas are right, and I need to convert back into being a Christian? What is it that they're after? I don't know. But they picked the wrong person, and they've gotten really serious, and they think they're doing something for something much greater than a comment on a YouTube video. A comment on a YouTube video. Come on now. Yeah, it's true believer it's syndrome. Control. It's true believer syndrome. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the, the people that listen to me regularly or read me regularly, um, you know, I am very, very <laughs> adamant about we are experiencing a true rise of a modern cult. Technology has uh, added an element to cultic happenings that we did not have before. So textbook definitions of cults uh, do not apply in its entirety to the now. I've spoken with many, uh, well, I can't say many because there aren't that many cult experts in the world, but I've spoken to many of them that are. And the, um, the dynamic that's happening today is quite different. We can have cults that are operating under their own confirmation bias that is being generated by social media algorithms where in actuality it is the internet itself that is the cult leader with sub cult leaders as in people like you know alex jones or pete santilli you know and that sort of stuff the cyberbullying, this true believing that people have let's take any money and grifting off the table for a moment uh you know donations and whatnot let's just talk about those that truly believe they're not in it for any money and this that and the other well, if, if you're a journalist, first and foremost, you should be doing it because that's what you want to do. And you're not wondering how much you're going to make out of it. That's <laughs> rule number one. Uh, but but beyond that, when you're when you're putting things out there, what is your purpose? What is the end result that you're looking for? And when it is this, I mean, you know, somebody, Scott Clatt, if you're listening, please draw me a, one of your sketches. Because, you know, I was saying on Twitter earlier that I had the... Um, the clot sketch fever, you know, <laughs> I want, I want some new, uh, Scott clot sketches, the Bundy court sketches, but, um, oh, you know, I, I imagine, I imagine the Bible in one hand and it's not just an AR 15 or something. they got an AT four resting on their shoulder along with that chip, you know, and that they're dragging around and they say, Oh, hey man, I'm a Patriot. Well, bullshit. No, you're not. These people are the ones that are, again, it's that self-fulfilling prophecy prophecy. Now you have hangers on, Okay, you have hangers on to those things who didn't believe these things or didn't. They just want to be a part of something. And they are some of the worst of the true believer syndromes. They had no stake in anything to begin with of any given situation. And that's just kind of how it pans out. It's really um, it's 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 scary. It's very scary. I mean, I've watched this for a long time. I, I am uh, an expert in a lot of different things with regards to the internet and computers and it is uh it's just amazing because the the pace at which technology is evolving um we have 
a major short circuit mentally. Mentally, we were wholly unprepared. And we are not dealing with technology. We're using it, but we're not dealing with it. You wanted to say something, Adam? Oh, no, I was just agreeing with you on the Bundy, Bundy uh, ske- court sketcheries. <laughs> yeah, they're hilarious. Yeah, I, you know, I should say, I think I was like the first person that really highlighted Scott Clatt, and somehow I don't have a book. Dude, I think you've sold enough that you can sign one and send one my way. <laughs> um, but, you I, know, I, here... I donated to his, I, yeah, I donated to his uh, Kickstarter he started. I do, I do have something, if you, but go ahead and finish your thought. Hello? Hello? I'm still here. <laughs> oh, okay. She may have hit mute or something accidentally. Oh, yeah, I wanted to say you're talking about uh, true believers, and, uh, you know, that really came into focus. We've been talking about the Mollier arm takeover, peaceful protest, whatever you want to call it. Those cult aspects really uh, jumped out at me from the uh, – get-go, you know, with uh, the uh, pocket constitutions, and a lot of people were mouthing the same things. It really had those cult-like aspects, but, you know, we all have our different bias filters that we uh, see things through, and uh, throughout that, you know, after uh, Lavoie was shot, he became kind of a rallying point for that uh, group, and... um, Immediately after that, the FBI, they came out with their aerial uh, footage that showed the uh, shooting, you know. And from my perspective, my bias, it looked like, yeah, he resisted arrest and, you know, they took off and drove into the uh, snowbank and he jumped out, kind of had his hands up and reached down and was looking all sketchy and got uh, shot because of those uh, movements he made. Right after that, you had uh, a lot of videos uh, come out. And I don't think, uh, you know, you talk about true believers. I think perhaps some of the people who put these videos out believe what they saw. And there was one that uh, a friend was uh, sharing. I hear music going on there. 